0: Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God.
1: Well, just a a quick recap on um, the last time I I spoke and taught. um, We've been going over um, Paul. Formerly known as Saul, and uh, we looked at Saul 's life prior to his conversion. We talked about his uh, conversion while on the road to Damascus, then using his Roman name Paul, short thereafter. We covered a number of the letters that he wrote to believers such as Romans, first and Second Corinthians and Ephesians up to this point. Now we're going to continue and learn about the ministry of Paul in the book of Philippians. So if you want to turn to Philippians, um, we're going to start going over at least the first chapters, starting with the first chapter. We will touch on four main points about the letter. You know, the date and the place that it was written, uh, the recipients of the letter and what was happening there, the purpose of that letter, and the primary theme of that letter. Now let's begin with uh, with Philippians. Um, it was written around 62 A.D. It was written to the Philippian believers in Philippi. If you want to show the map, give you an idea of where it is. Right there. Paul's purpose. In writing this letter was to first thank them for their help in his time of need. And second, given them instruction on Christian unity to be joined as a whole. The primary theme for this letter, as you will see as we read, is about what one can and will accomplish if Christ is the center focus. Each chapter touches on just quick touches that it would touch on is thanksgiving, afflictions, Christ. In chapter 2, humility, Uh, Timothy um, is commended. Um, Ephratius is praised. Chapter 3 touches on the flesh. And chapter 4 touches on peace. First chapter, there's a lot in it, but what I saw as a key verse, that's what I'm going to touch on, key verses in each chapter. And keep in mind, Paul wrote this letter while he was in prison. Let's read verses 20 and 21 of chapter 1. According to my earnest expectation and hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Now, concerning verse 20, how many times have we been in a situation either at a restaurant wanting to pray and give thanks for the meal, but we don't because we're afraid of what somebody may think, you know, or what they may think about you? Or you're at a store. And the Holy Spirit is prompting you to walk over and talk to this stranger. But again, you are too worried about maybe their response. Or you're too worried about what they may think about you. You may even say to yourself, I can't do that. Not able to. How about... You're eating at a family's gathering. And you're about to have a meal together. You want to pray for your meal, either with the whole family or maybe just with your spouse. But again, you are too worried about what they may think, especially about you. Just recently, my um, wife and I went out to a birthday dinner with my dad. And my aunt and uncle. And my aunt and uncle, my aunt and uncle um, really don't go to church at all. And we're sitting there talking. And I'm thinking, I want to pray. But what are they gonna think? As long as I've been a Christian, I'm getting better at it. Sometimes I still think, but I said, you know what, Lord? I'm going to do it, I need to be an example. So I did pray. Um, there was no response by my uncle and aunt, but my wife was saying that my mother seemed to respond and was thankful that I did it. because they all just started eating, and I we, you know I'm very thankful for those meals. but I must say. I wish I could do that all the time 100%. But there are times I do get in the flesh and I think, what are they going to think? But Shame on me. I shouldn't worry about that. But then I regret it. But you know, since the time I got saved, I have grown tremendously in that area. As you will too, as you do it more and more and more. As at some point, not in a rude way, but you may not even care what they think. Matter of fact, you'd be surprised how many people have come up to my wife and I when we've gone away on vacation and prayed, and they have made comments. And I wear this shirt that has Jesus right on it. A lot of comments. And more positive than negative. Some people look and don't say anything. But the people that do have a real positive attitude about it. And it opens up a great conversation. But again, if God pro- um, prompts you to you know, witness to someone or just to encourage them. Or there was a time that we were on an airplane. My wife and I were on our way on vacation. And this stewardess was so rude. Very rude. I almost got in the flesh. But my wife was a great example of holiness. She, uh, I wanted to chew the woman out but my wife said, you know, let's ask her if she wanted us to pray for her. So she did. She broke down. She turned out to be a believer and was going through all these multiple issues. She was getting married, and she was buying a house at the same time. So she was, and there's other things too. I'm sure my wife would remember, but uh, it was just all piling up on, and she just didn't know how to handle it anymore. And after that, It was like we were best friends. And when we got off the plane, she gave us big hugs and said, thank you so much. So you never know how it's going to work out. But remember, don't be embarrassed and do it for the right reasons. Because why did Jesus, our perfect example, do what he did? Because of his love for each and every one of us and for his father. He wanted to be obedient to him as we should. Now let's continue. What about verse 21? For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. I think what Paul was saying here is a person hasn't really started to live until they live for Jesus Christ. You haven't really started to live yet, even though we think we are. Anything else we do out of an eternal focus just won't last. And when we have Put our trust in Christ and we're living for Him. When we die, it's even better because we go home to be with our Lord in heaven. It's the worst thing somebody can do to us in this world is to send us home to be with Christ. It's not so bad. You know, we receive our rewards. We, we receive our new, and I know many of you probably love this, glorified bodies. We get to be with Jesus, which is number one. I'm so looking forward to meeting him in person. And as Paul saw, I see this as nothing but gain. And something to remember as Christians, the worst anyone can do to us, like I said, is to send us to be home. To me, it's a win-win. You can't lose as a Christian. That same attitude with love drove Paul. It drove him to continue writing these letters from prison for his love for his father and the love for these people. He did not wallow in self-pity. Now, if we go further down, what I think is another key verse in chapter 1 is verse 29. For to you, it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. It's not only about believing. It's also about suffering for our faith at times. One way or another we're going to suffer, even as a believer in Christ. Paul himself had his share fair of this. I think believing is the easy part. But no one wants to suffer. I don't pray for it. But I went through situations in my life I would have never prayed for. But God used it to bless someone. I was able to minister to somebody in a way of understanding that I wouldn't have had just from a textbook. And people usually listen to that. More than a textbook um, counsel. Now remember, just before Jesus' crucifixion, there was a point where Jesus wanted his father to take it away from him. To not have to, to not have to do it. But because of his love for his father and for us, he followed through with it. And if you love someone enough, you will do anything for them. It reminds me of that movie that's going to be played for the youth uh, next month Rachel Scott at the Caliban. Caliban, she uh, was tested, Pro- probably more than w- what we will ever be tested. She um, basically was asked at gunpoint, do you still believe in Jesus? And she said yes, without a hesitation. And he took her life. The movie's amazing. Anyone who has not seen it, I highly recommend seeing it. It's amazing. And it is a tearjerker, but it's definitely worth it. Now, before I read what I see as more key verses, I want you to think about this question. What are your goals in life? Goals in itself can be a good thing to have. What's yours? What are your goals? Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Again, let me say, I think goals in itself are important to have. But what I see as Christians, some of us get our priorities in the wrong order. What should be the most important goal in our lives as Christians? I think we sometimes put too much time and energy in things which are just going to fade away one day and won't matter in eternity. I think we Christians need to be investing more in those things which will never fade away. To have an eternal attitude. We need to have an eternal attitude. For example, telling others about Jesus. Without a doubt, I've, I I really I know when you talk about the gospel with someone, you're pleasing your Father in heaven. And you're storing up those treasures. Asking someone, even a stranger, if they have something you would like to pray for them for. It can be just as simple as that. Praying with someone, giving their lives over to the Lord. I've had a few opportunities to that and I'll never get tired of that. Getting involved in ministry. You feel a calling. You feel God tugging at you. You feel that you have these strength, and God's gearing you towards, don't hesitate to do it. You're going to miss out on many blessings. And you're missing out on what those people will be blessed by. Another one is serving a church in some way or another. Just serving. Now, as for me, my goals were, when I was younger, a goal I had was to be complete. To complete my four years in the Air Force, then go into the elevator business like my dad, my brother, and my uncle, make lots of money. I worked for the elevator business for about 11 years and decided I didn't want to do this for the rest of my life. I woke up one night and I just did not want to do it anymore. I wasn't happy with it. And during that period of time, I got saved in January of 1989. Now, God was slowly changing my heart in areas of my life and my desires. Besides the elevated business, that kind of business has its ups and downs. Um, That was a Vinny joke. You know, so time came by that I went to school at night for 14 months for computers while still working full-time in the elevator business. I would travel from the city where I was working on high-rises and go to school in New Jersey. Never, never did I ever think that I would ever be an elder standing up here teaching. Somebody would ask me that. I laugh. I mean, I really meant it, too. I really laughed. Because I never saw me with the abilities to be able to do it. But I was reminded by friends and by the Lord that it is not about our ability. It's about our availability. And it's our choice. And every choice that we make have a good and bad consequence. It's up to us. Christians, we have a prize waiting for us in heaven. Better than anything this world has to offer. As Paul pointed out, we can't go forward if we're looking back at things from the past, they will be just like anchors holding us back. They will just keep us from going forward where God wants us to go. We need to forget those things and look forward to what God has. Let me ask you this. Is there something in your life which is preventing you from accomplishing what God wants to do with you and through you? Seriously, think about that. And I'll say it again. Is there something in your own life which is preventing you from accomplishing what God wants to do in you and through you and with you? If so, let me encourage you to let it go. Whatever it is, it's not worth worth it. And you're definitely missing out on whatever God may have for you. And remember, whatever it is, leave it at the foot of the cross. Just leave it there and let him take care of that. So you can move on and do God's work. And something else to keep in mind, just looking forward is not enough. We need to be reaching for that prize. Like something we really, really wanted badly. Like that chocolate up in the cabinet. Now let's go to chapter 4. Now, there's a lot in here, but again, I'm going to just point out what I think are key verses. But before I do that, let me ask you all another question. How many here, and you can raise your hands, would like peace in your life? Well, in chapter 4... This is what verse 8 and 9 say. It says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, Meditate on these things. The things which you learn, learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. I don't know about you. I have a hard time balancing this. but it's definitely worth going for. I also want to read a few other scriptures regarding peace and what the scriptures say about it. One is Proverbs 29, 9. Again, that's Proverbs 29, verse 9. If a wise man contends with a foolish man, whether the fool rages or laughs, there is no peace. (laughs) I've done that before. It's not fun. And I don't know why I get frustrated with people that are foolish. I guess maybe because at times I would try to convince them what I believe. I, I just, I love them and I want them to know what I know and believe what I know, but I had people try to force it down my throat in the past. Push me away. You have to talk to everyone in their own language and understanding. And you don't have any peace. I didn't have peace. I got frustrated. Now, there's another one. Isaiah 48, verse 22. There is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. And I hope tonight nobody's here that's wicked. But for those who are, that you may witness to, who may be wicked, who may be living in the world, are never going to have that peace that we would have as a believer in Christ and knowing what is awaiting us. Matter of fact, especially with all these things going on in in the world right now, you know, with the terrorism. I am sure, if you don't know Christ, you should have peace if you have, you know, you, you know Christ. But if you don't, I don't know what you're putting your hope in. And you're going to have that fear. That's why it's so important for us believers to really know our scripture. Because as time gets times get worse and worse, people are going to get more and more and more desperate. And they're going to want to know the answers. And why we may have more peace than what they have. It's going to speak volumes to them. Okay. Another one I would consider a key verse here is in chapter 4 is verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I've heard this so many times. But I think sometimes as believers, we don't truly believe it. And this is for those of us who have at some point, when being prompted to do something by the Holy Spirit, And we just say that excuse. I can't do it. I can't do that. I don't have the ability. Blah, 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 blah. I've heard it all. I've said it all. For whatever reason. It applies to those times we may have to stand for our faith. You know, it doesn't say I can do some things to those. It says all. And what's the meaning in all in the Bible? All. Everything. It also applies to those valleys we may have gone through, may be going through, or may go through in the future. To those trials we may. Be currently going through or not. But, and remember, where God guides, God provides. Now, last key verse that jumped out at me here is in chapter 4, verse 19. It says, And my God shall supply. All your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Very powerful. Isn't it comforting to know that as a believer in Jesus Christ. God will supply everything we need. And that's everything. And that's no matter what it is. And he doesn't say some things. He says everything. I don't know about you, but that is comforting to me as a believer. I don't know who it may be. I I, I don't know. I just, I never did this before, but I really feel that people here are struggling with something. Um, Something really that you really need to let go. Whatever it may be, let me encourage you to please let it go, whoever it may be. Maybe even more than one. There was a time, I I didn't even have this here to share with, but there was a time in my life that I struggled. I actually was pretty cold about people that had anxiety issues. Pastor Joe knows what I'm going to talk about. But I really had I thought, well, just get over it. Why can't you just stop it? Well, God gave me an understanding I did not want, but I got. And I went through some hard times. I lost my job, and I was trying not to feel anything about it, but I went through some anxieties that I would never, ever, ever, ever want to go through again. felt like the world was closing in on me. I couldn't get enough air. I couldn't get enough room in a, in a in a in a large room. In here, I couldn't even get enough room. Felt like everything was closing in on me. Terrible feeling for those of you who've never had that, and those who do. I sympathize with you. Um, but just remember, just remember, God is with us, and with you, and He's there at all times. He's there for you to lean on and to let all everything go to him i'm telling you having friends as believers praying with me encouraging me helped me to get through it i prayed for someone and some people to be able to be put in my life that would help me through this because i really thought at three in the morning i'd walk outside walk the neighborhood and i thought i was going crazy I thought I was going nuts. But I had friends that say that that's a normal feeling when you have anxiety. And I didn't like that, but I'm glad to hear that it was normal, at least what I was going through. And, um, but it really took a lot of prayer and just leaving it at the cross to say, Lord, I'm feeling this because I'm not trusting you fully. And I'm not saying that everyone that goes through this is that for that reason. Some have a chemical imbalance, could be other reasons. But for me... I just wasn't trusting enough. And God put me right in my place. Once I fully put it in his in his hands. It, I felt better and better every day. So this completes part 5 of Paul. So in closing, I want to say, Paul had such a love for God and for the Philippian people that he wanted to encourage them in these areas. He had such a love for them and for God that he never let anything stop him from doing it, even prison. He wanted them to look forward and not ponder on the past. To reach for the prize waiting for them, to so these those goals which made a difference for eternity. To also remember that no matter what you may have gone through, current currently gone through or may go through, God promises. He promises to meet. All of his children's needs, as Pastor Joe touched on about uh, last week, God will always answer your prayers, always, but maybe not in a way you thought or wanted, but He will always answer your prayers. And because of his love for you and me, his answer will always be perfect with our best interest in mind. And then finally, if God is calling you to do something, that being ministry, To encourage a stranger, whatever it may be, know that for those who are in Christ, who put their trust in him at some point in their life, you can do all things, and that's all things, through Christ who will strengthen you. Let us pray.